0: welcome to american intelligence media my name is thomas Paine in the ass of the globalists and i'm talking with michael mckibben today also i'm aka douglas gabriel i guess the big you know big reveal has happened people actually know i have a another name i'm an author of many other books so if you're really looking and you don't find all the books you just need to keep on looking anyway today we're going to be talking about one of the biggest things going on right now that concerns anybody on the internet my guest is Michael McKibben. Welcome to the show, Michael.
1: Hi, Thomas, glad to be here.
0: You know, I know it's always confusing trying to figure out which name to call me because oftentimes in interviews with you, Michael, uh, I just use the name Douglas Gabriel, but you have helped us create so many furores, so many, I don't even know what to call it. Uh, what do they call it? It's its its viral, of course, but it's also just got everyone all so upset because every time that you and all of your friends which is a whole group of people, including the Americans for Innovation. If you haven't gone there, make sure to go there and take a look at the timeline because that's what we're gonna be talking about a bit today, what is on that timeline. But Michael uh, and all the people who work on that have revealed things that I must admit, when I first read the timeline went right over my head. But now that Mark Zuckerberg is being called to Congress, to answer questions that remember they came out because they said that the Trump campaign used Cambridge Analytica that somehow used this information you know that they somehow stole or somehow got wrongly or no we now find out and we've known this and Michael you've pointed this out so many times and walked us through how this works that you have a profile for Uh, Facebook, also Google or YouTube, whatever, there's always profiles being created and there's also dark profiles being created and they're sold. We actually posted the other day that Facebook sells your profile to anyone who wants to buy it for $3.54 at any one second. So if I'm a company and I want to know if these 50 million Americans might be interested in buying something I'm selling, then I can buy your profile and then I use Um, programs that are being taught by uh, Palantir and many other companies right now, where you can go on and target then that commercial information, which is given out by YouTube, by Google, by Facebook, by all of them. This is what they do. That's the reason I have screamed over and over and over again, and people look at me like I'm stupid, which I may be, but still, I keep screaming. They never sold any ads on YouTube, on uh, well, on YouTube they did, but not on Google and not on Facebook and not on these other ones. That's a lie. They sold your information to commercial interests and they call that marketing. In other words, they call that the ad, what we used to call ads. No, it's not ads. They profile you, they target you, they go after you. So you had already pointed out in the timeline back in 2016 when Judicial Watch brought forth a document three documents in fact, written by and agreed upon by Hillary Clinton and her State Department that hired a Russian, Dmitry Chevalenko, who was seemingly working in India at the time, an outside influence affecting our election. And he actually writes, and it's not only in his LinkedIn description, but it's also in the government documents, that they wrote programs to persuade and influence voters and they literally called it the template to win the election. So Mark Zuckerberg is guilty of many, many more uh, indiscretions with that information than attempting to try to accuse the Trump campaign, which is how this all started, of doing something nefarious. It turns on him and now the very strong left is saying that they're very upset with Mark Zuckerberg. So the very people he thought he was serving have now turned on him, and I wonder if he will actually collapse. And the amazing thing is, you schooled me today, you walked me through it, you showed me on the timeline all the evidence, and I said to you, well, then this is bigger than anything that they're asking him about in Congress. This will take him down instantaneously. Here is the evidence, here is the very evidence that Mark Zuckerberg had outside foreign agents working to affect the election for Obama- from 2009 onward, so the 2010 election, which was in your timeline, and then uh, his second election, and then Hillary's election, and that's when the US Digital Service and Eric Schmidt got involved in a huge way, even bigger than Facebook with what we're talking about, to attempt to get Hillary elected. And that's, we believe that all that's coming down, and what you have just shown is what they need to take before Congress and say, Mr. Zuckerberg, can you explain this contract which clearly states that you intervene you meddled with foreign agents in our elections since 2009 and i think you said to me it goes back before that but you just have the documents from 2009 on so michael i gave him a general very high uh level altitude view of this big picture can you fill in the details so that our audience can understand how something like this could happen
1: Well, the time period that you're talking about was special for us because we were in the midst of suing Facebook for patent infringement, and we're actually preparing for trial in 2009, and one of the things that we were doing was uh, doing depositions of various people at Facebook. They're technical people, and we had asked uh, Zuckerberg to testify, and In addition to that, we were asking for, to be able to review his 2003 and 2004 hard drives from Harvard, and for almost a year, they stonewalled and would not provide them, and argued that they didn't have to give them, and then on the eve of it looked like, on the eve of the judge ordering them to do it, they changed law firms suddenly to Cooley-Godward, and then those new lawyers came in and said that they had lost the 2003 and 2004 hard drives, all of them. We now subsequently know there were 28 of them, and they were never lost. So that's, that's fraud on the court right there. But we looking at the bigger picture, that's not even um, the depth of, of, of this uh, misconduct. So while all that was going on, thanks to the dogged um, pursuit of FOIA requests from the State Department by Judicial Watch and Tom Fitton, we discovered and actually the document was provided to them in March of or April of 2004. i uh, got to get that date right. They actually got the documents on April 3rd of 2014, and uh, we did not discover them until um, running across them in 2016. But in the midst of all those documents that were on Hillary Clinton's private server were these GSA contracts. There were... I think uh, five of them actually in her emails. Now, when a layman looks at a GSA contract, uh, their eyes start glazing immediately because it's all very bureaucratic. But there were two contracts that popped up in the searches, and we started digging into those contracts, and lo and behold, in September, on September 20, I'm going to get the date right here on September 26 of 2009 we discovered there was a contract between the State Department and Facebook. Excuse me. the State Department and Facebook that uh, was quite interesting and so as we dug into that I hope um, Beth is going to uh, put this link up on the website
0: well, so yes. we looked at all the URLs and the links you provided. Will be um, along with this.
1: We we found a contract that had a particular number, and just to verify it, we went to check on the GSA website that is supposed to publish all contracts that the, the government issues to uh, private contractors. And lo and behold, this contract was not listed on the GSA schedule, on the GSA contract website. So that uh, was a telling sign. And then we noticed that the email exchange between the State Department and Facebook was managed by a gentleman by the name of Dmitry Shevolenko at a telephone number 650-644-6753. That's right on the contract. Subsequently, by the way, this contract has appeared on the GSA website, but Mr. Chevalenko's name is removed. Um, that's a little side note. So we look at this and we see it's a $120,000 contract you know, on September 26, 2009, uh, for Facebook to provide services to the State Department, um, and specifically, it says Facebook pages to build an international community to discuss relevant issues of the day. Services will be priced as cost per click or CPM ad. The daily budget rate for the website will be. They block that out. This rate can be increased on an approved basis, and that's in quotes. The annual cost of this purchase shall not exceed $120,000. So this is an ongoing contract. And there's more details, but basically we have here a $120,000 contract between State Department and Facebook. So. At the level of our court case, this is proof that the State Department obstructed justice in our patent infringement trial against Facebook. So that's another layer of of misconduct. And then we started looking into this Mr. Dmitry Shivalenko and find that he's got a very prominent website at LinkedIn and has a very thorough resume uh, that he publishes on LinkedIn, so we started looking at that, and lo and behold, he actually boasts on his LinkedIn that he um, managed the contract with Facebook to write to build a template for winning elections for the midterm elections He actually mentions that in the uh, the LinkedIn so uh, I guess it wasn't shocking but it is it is in a way because what we see here is that uh, uh, the State Department is hiring Facebook, a private company, to build a template for winning elections. And that information came right from the manager that's listed on the GSA contract. Uh, What is even more telling is when you look at Mr. Chevalenko's entire LinkedIn post, it shows that right after this contract was published, he went and managed a team of people in India for Facebook. And then he came back and, uh, and now his last listing is he is a development director for Uber. So he's got quite an interesting resume in and of itself. But there you have it. You, you have proof, hard proof, that the State Department was contracting with a private company, Facebook, to build a template for winning elections by a Russian by the name of Dmitry Shevolenko. Now, I don't know whether he's native Russian, moved to the U.S. I don't know the background of his uh, life, but he definitely has a Russian name. And his LinkedIn says he speaks Russian. So, pretty reasonable assumption that he's got strong Russian ties.
0: And he worked as an analyst in India at that time. Outside of the United States would be a foreign influence upon an American election. And this is what India is known for. You can hire people in India to do anything on the internet. So what you're saying is US taxpayer dollars were signed away by Hillary Clinton during the Obama administration to fix the election by a Russian, Dmitry Savalenko, who might've been working outside of the country at the time and literally both in the GSA contract, which there are multiple contracts. I think they total something to like $750,000 of the ones you've been able to find or right. something to that effect. Uh, as you say, there may be six or even more of them and those are just the ones you found. So this continued, it was part of a government policy and you would say, how is this possible? And we say SES, Senior Executive Service, that's what they're there for. That's, what, that's why the State Department has yet to be cleaned out or the Department of Justice or The fbi or the cia the same people are still there they haven't left even if you took down the people we know at the top it still wouldn't change this process from going forward because this is institutionalized and later for hillary's election 1.5 billion dollars was poured in by eric schmidt who was also connected to your case of leader technology and the stolen patents and uh, ip and all the things that you created by uh, IBM uh, Eclipse Foundation, which still to this day pretty much rules uh, the scene out there because everything comes underneath that original patent of yours. And what's the beauty of it is, and this is the part I want to underscore, the GSA that Michael's talking about is the same GSA that President Obama, President uh, Trump, could now sign and pay Leader Technology, for what was stolen from them, and for their services that have been provided, and from that moment on, more than likely, a monop- many monopoly cases would come into question. Rico antitrust, or these companies would simply fold, as we may be seeing Facebook uh, possibly being folding because of all the criminal activity Mark Zuckerberg has been sued from the beginning and nobody's ever believed that he wrote that those uh, the code he as you say they have hidden the code uh, there was uh, the court systems themselves stopped you it went to the Supreme Court but uh, what was it John Roberts was the one uh, who said no and uh, turned down taking it to the level that it should that they are apparently taking it to now which is to say Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook, you are not only fake, and remember that GSA contract said it was through paying for ads. In other words,
1: well, there's another little element here that I just uh, just pulled out in looking at the timeline. Uh, remember the Snowden leaks, and he released the, those uh, NSA powerpoints. Yes. One of the things that's also, I think, critical here is that his slide says that uh, Facebook began providing. Uh, customer profiles to the NSA on June third of two thousand nine. So clearly June third, June, July, August, September, October. So during that time frame, the deep state was on the move with Facebook. It's real clear now from the evidence.
0: And we have told you from the beginning, because of your case, Leader Technology, we have told you that what was going on all along it was a psyops. And it was to gather information and that it was being, in fact, funded by the United States government. And now we have right before your eyes what should put Mark Zuckerberg in jail, foreign meddling in our election. And the contract to prove it. And Hillary Clinton's State Department signed off on it under Obama. These are the same criminals that we are finding out are also SES members, which we'll talk about with you uh, in the next conversation we have. But the point is, this is the same old people Doing the same old thing and acting like they can act with impunity without getting caught, with that they are not subject to law.
1: It's well, disturbing. Here's, let, me, let me introduce. Uh, I just pulled up Shavelenco's LinkedIn profile, and here, here are the dates. So, so clearly, the India interlude was to build the template because he says he was a relationship manager at Facebook from February 2009 to. Uh, August of 2010, and then he says in August of 2010, he relocated to Hyderabad for a year to hire and build a global advertising operations team in Facebook's India office, zero to 100 employees in nine months. So he went. He got the contract as the relationship manager in August. In 2010, he actually says on here that... Um, he got the contract to establish a template for winning elections using advanced Facebook marketing. Um, actually, let me read you the whole section here. Politics in November and November of 2010 is his headline. Develop Facebook's political advertising go-to-market strategy for the November 2010 elections. Now, keep in mind, this was 2009 when the contract occurred. Worked with agencies and campaigns and help them use Facebook ads and pages to drive awareness, persuasion, fundraising, and votes. Established a template for winning elections using advanced Facebook advertising. And that's under the section where he says he was relationship manager until August of 2010, which his dates don't quite match. But then the next entry is he moves to India to uh, write the code.
0: Well, it sounds to me as what you've pointed out here and took me to school on this this morning as you walked me through this, it it sounds as if he knew very well that these profiles were being not only surveilled but collected and then, as they say, go-to program or marketing and or ads and or commercial. You know, it's all under the guise of trying to bring you what it is that you want to purchase. No, it is not. Those profiles are sold to elections they're sold to whoever, whatever side they want to sell them to or give them to. And now we know that those were given to the Democrats. They didn't even have to pay for them in some cases. But obviously, in this case, they had to pay the programmer who wrote it a bit of money. And she still lost. And Betsy <laughs> says, and she still lost after all of that. And that's the amazing thing. But the deal is, is, what you're pointing out here is they all knew about Facebook from the beginning. They covered it up all the way up to hillary clinton you're showing that these crimes at the same time that facebook was being sued by you and going to the supreme court these people continued to create these gross crimes and if you look into the documents that you provided which are in the urls below you will see the fancy lawyer language, which basically says they are not subject to any laws. They get to do whatever they want. And there's no getting them for any kickbacks. There's no connecting them to any political movements or anything bias or partisan. It's like unbelievable that they write this into this GSA agreement, that they are not responsible. You know, they're going to do this. They blatantly said they did it, which is totally illegal and shows what we have said again and again and again, but people don't understand. Facebook was a psyops project from the beginning. The
1: GSA, the GSA assigned all of the liability that you normally see in contracts to Facebook. The GSA did not accept any liability for any of the um, services that Facebook provided to them and made Facebook say that they had the right title and interest in everything they were giving the government, which was a lie.
0: And a corporation can simply fold and only Mark Zuckerberg is in fact culpable and if he didn't own 51 percent of it he wouldn't be culpable because a corporation can get out of crimes because they're a corporation they simply have to just not exist anymore so what they do is they take the whole government responsibility of their crime of what is treason what is sedition what is using outside uh, agents uh, basically this is cyber warfare, but using India and Facebook in India, and the program that was written, built upon what was already your profile, which we showed you not long ago how to go look at your profile. This profile is sold to everybody, and it is not through ads. It is by the government supporting this psyops. The government collects your information, and so especially does Eric Schmidt, because what Eric Schmidt is up to, we've told you again and again, try to pay attention to that. Because that's the direction that it's going. Later, U.S. Digital Service, a billion, 1.5 billion dollars. They took the same program to the quantum power and took it inside the White House and tried to get Hillary elected. And as Betsy just said, and she still lost. Yes, uh, but what I'm interested in is none of this could have happened without them, without IBM, Eclipse Foundation stealing your stuff. And if President Trump would sign a GSA to pay you that would start the domino effect for the Silicon Valley fake companies, these tech warlords, to go down exactly as it looks like Mark Zuckerberg may be going down at least a few notches and perhaps all the way. He may be the scapegoat because they believe in many cases if they can make a scapegoat then the rest of them won't have to answer to their crimes. And, you know, people say, but wait, Trump has Peter Thiel in his office today. Yeah, he's sucking his brain dry because Peter got out, didn't he? He sold his stocks. He moved his company. He made what was what used to be called um, Open Source Works, an FBI program into his new Palantir program that he teaches everybody. So he teaches everybody how to use the Internet as a weapon, both for commercialization, for personal gain, or whatever you want it for. And don't think for one second, not one second. That certain politicians buy and use this. You can manipulate the internet so easily. This has been demonstrated to me now. For a few dollars, you can get someone in India to do anything you basically want on the internet and to make it look fake. So let's say I was looking at somebody's uh, thing where someone came on and they wanted, you know, 10,000 likes. They paid a few dollars, or they want 10,000 thumbs down, or they want subscribers, whatever. Everyone knows it's fake because people are taking that information down, up, down all the time. But now I've actually seen the mechanism uh, and it's just incredible. Most everything you are seeing is a psyops. But the problem is, Michael, when you and your geniuses at Leader Technologies invented this, you did not know it would be weaponized. And I doubt that you realized, or I'm going to ask you now, did you realize that so quickly all of commerce would go onto the Internet And that if you messed with the internet you were basically uh, creating an attack, a terrorist attack upon economics. And so we can't take the internet down at this moment and we can't truly uh, have free speech because of certain reasons and we can't uh, truly stop what's being said there uh, that is bad. So where is this going to go? Can the internet ever be controlled and Will we ever be able to divorce ourselves from the fact that we've now weaponized ourselves against this because all of economy runs through the internet?
1: Well, I think that the issue is what kind of moral beings are we going to choose to be? And how are we going to relate to each other socially? And if I were to boil down what my objective is and has always been, is two things. One is practice the golden rule, because I think do unto others as you would have them do unto you, because I think that encompasses um, all of social commerce, our relationships with other people, and how we treat people. Secondly, that constitution that our brilliant founders developed is still the best document I've ever seen for governing a group of people. And... It's pluralistic, it respects people's privacy, and it respects their property. And I think we've got to go back to that document and cut out all this mess that's that uh, stands in the way of that document now that has been hijacked by lawyers and bankers. And they've so twisted it that we've got to cut through all that and get back to that document because I don't think there's ever been or may never be such a forum that was developed at the time before the Revolution of very smart people thinking through how do us weak uh, flawed men and women uh, engage ourselves in a way that creates a free society where we respect each other's property and privacy and I would like to say on this proposed uh, testimony that's coming up with uh, Mark Zuckerberg that any, in my opinion, any focus on Mark Zuckerberg is a focus on the wrong subject, because it's clear he's never been anything more than a stooge, and he's a cardboard cutout. So it's nice theater, but it's not relevant. What is relevant, though, is to talk to his handlers. And I think that uh, if I were to make a recommendation to our congressmen and senators, that's where you should focus ask his handlers to come forward and speak about Facebook because Zuckerberg has only ever been taking orders.
0: And would you please name those handlers?
1: Uh, He's had a lot of helpers. I would say there are several key people. One is James W. Breyer, who was their first chairman. He put the first 15 or so million dollars that we know of into Facebook, and he was the chairman for years. He then uh had been the ceo of the national venture capital association in conjunction with incutel and i would say incutel is the other key player here uh, that was formed in 1999 under bill clinton and they have clearly been the handlers that um, facebook and and the many other social companies have been following so when you say when you talk about Facebook's database and Google's database I think the evidence is growing very clear now that those aren't different databases this is all one big database
0: Absolutely and when you say Inqtel you mean the CIA um, Department of Research and Development much like the Department of Just the Department of uh, Defense has DARPA as their research and development so Inqtel also used to go into the name SAIC and now has their own manufacturing arm called Lidos, but basically Incutel takes these patents that are stolen. Right now, there's 5,000 this year alone that have been frozen and stolen from U.S. inventors, and they, have, they are frozen because of national security reasons. And then they're basically taken, weaponized by the Department of Defense, by the CIA, and uh, between DARPA and Incutel, they're directed by a group called Highlands Forum or Highlands Group and they are basically international. They're not even part of the government. They take these secrets, and once they're weaponized, they spread them with everybody. So what we saw with your intellectual property from Leader Technologies, and by the way, would you spend 20 million creating the source code and the IP for what we're talking about, which is the scalability of social networking?
1: Yes, 20 million dollars, 145,000 man-hours, and 750,000 lines of source code.
0: And how much did you have to spend on lawyers to defend yourself for 17
1: years? (laughs) Uh, More than I just mentioned.
0: Exactly. Uh, Which is showing you folks that if you think that you're gonna create a patent and you're gonna be treated properly in the patent office, you need to know that David Kapos, who runs the patent office, used to work for IBM. So in 2001, when IBM Eclipse Foundation was created, with please michael help me with the list that would be microsoft uh h uh, hewlett-packard that would be facebook
1: sap uh no facebook wasn't around then but sap there was initial group of about 10 or 12 companies cisco yeah i mean now the members in eclipse are every name you can think
0: of so they all just started adding on as they received the code And I want to make this clear because I certainly never understood any of this until you explained it to me. If you were actually recognized for what you had already turned in, had been completely proven, if you were simply given the credit for what was stolen from you, then everyone in the downstream of that that has uh, become basically a subject to that original patent would have to get uh, some kind of permission certification or some kind of... Uh, recognition from you that they're basically building upon that patent. At which point, leaders, Leader Technologies, if you look at the loss that you've had, would be in the trillions.
1: Well, the, the current value of of Internet and telecommunications-related social networking is a, is a known number, and it's over $3 trillion.
0: So if, in fact, the president signed a GSA and paid you For the source code and the patent and the intellectual property and your copyrights and all those things that you did, which you have tons and tons and tons of proof of, then basically he would turn around the patent office, get rid of the people who are corrupting it, who is also Serco, who are the original people, or the people who look at any original patent that comes in. We actually give it to the Britons to the British, we give it to the Queen of England, we give our patents to the Queen of England, and if they don't want them, I, I or if they're weaponizable, we're supposed to trust them to tell us they're weaponizable, and then we take them for national security purposes. It is so rigged, just Aim for Truth has a search button. If you don't understand these things, just put in patent, patent corruption, whatever. Uh, but also leader uh, uh, the Aim, uh, Americans for Innovation, there's so much on this on the timeline, which is about what? Michael, what do what, what those people got? 2,000 pages of evidence oh, of corruption?
1: Uh, the total pages, I, I don't even know, but the, the, the timeline is now 500 pages. There's a lot of white space, so it's not dense. But, uh, <laughs> you asked me, 500 you asked,
0: pages of evidence of corruption.
1: <laughs> you asked me about the, who was involved with the Eclipse Foundation at the beginning. We, now, they have published their minutes now since they formed, let me read you the list of people that were involved by December of 2002 is the first one I pulled up. Alto Web, Borland, Catalyst Systems, Flashline, Fujitsu, HP, Hitachi, IBM, Instantiations, MKS, Oracle, Parasoft, QNX, Rational, Red Hat, SAP, Scapa Technologies, Serena Software, SlickEdit, SUSE, S-U-S-E, Team Studio, Time TimeSys, Together, Soft, Monta Vista Software, Sybase, and several academic groups. So that's just the starter list.
0: And yeah. So basically, software, technology, Nasdaq.
1: <laughs> yeah. Nasdaq. Yeah. No. No. If in real business, when have you ever would you have ever seen so many competitors coming together in unity, walking in lockstep?
0: If that isn't proof of collusion, I don't know what it is. And then their fake myth, please tell them about open source, that IBM Eclipse uh, Foundation just found the greatest invention of modern technological times, and they decided to just give it out to everybody because they are very well known for their philanthropy and helping their competition now, aren't they? Could you please tell us the truth?
1: Right, and they called it the Open Source Project and for anyone who was doing business at that time to hear ibm and open source in the same breath would have been a complete oxymoron because ibm is the largest patent holder on the planet and they build patents they hold patents they don't give stuff away so clearly they weren't giving their stuff away and so they brought everybody in and what's evident now is that These people all got the memo, you are going to join this group. We are going to weaponize this software and you can either play or not play. And so clearly the whole software world decided to play because they probably were not given any other choice.
0: Well, now everybody knows you got to sign the agreement. Those agreements were started in 1993 when uh, James Chandler, Robert Mueller, uh, Rod Rosenstein, Uh, David Kapos, uh, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, and the scoundrels, many others. But the scoundrels at Rose uh, Law Firm in Little Rock, Arkansas, took over basically the patents that could be turned into national security issues, and they've ridden them all along, and they've made themselves wealthy. That's the reason they're still in these positions and have to work so hard to protect their corruption, because they do have the patent controls. They were part of the companies at the moment that they were founded. So they became filthy rich when they became uh, traded on the stock market. So what we're seeing here is a very old pattern of corruption. This is nothing new, folks. Uh, the only thing new is that maybe now they might start to look at a little bit at the evidence. Just think, Michael, if they looked at the evidence that you have presented right here in, in, in this presentation and in the box below, Mark Zuckerberg wouldn't walk out of, of the court. They'd have to put him in, in uh, handcuffs and take him away because it is sedition. It is treason. He would, he would have to be locked up because he would certainly be a flight risk. And
1: the- well, poor, poor, Mark, poor Mark was a 19-year-old kid at Harvard who uh, they discovered uh, would do their bidding. It's real clear now. And so he's never been anything but a stooge. And uh, we ought to feel sorry for him right now because they're they're going to make him the sacrificial lamb. It's very clear. But what is obvious from the evidence is that it appears that these. The, why is the whole? Let me stop. Why has the entire technology world been silent about this conspiracy? Well, it's now clear from a number of whistleblowers, including William Binney and and, and others, that. The intelligence world made these people sign secrecy agreements, and they've kept the secret. And now it's coming out.
0: The Silicon Valley Boy King tech warlord cardboard cutouts gave Barack Obama $2 billion for his library. It's already a slush fund that he's already abused. He, The tech world, Eric Schmidt, at Facebook, I mean, Eric Schmidt gave so many helpers to the U.S. Digital Service that it's absurd, and it was right in the White House during the election. I mean, the complicit complicit nature of the White House with this is absurd.
1: Look at Mikey Dickerson. He was brought in from Google to manage the U.S. Digital Service at the White House, and there's a video of him on his first day on the job.
0: Yes, these uh, Facebook and Google employees... Simply rotated in and out of the White House; they were one and the same. Uh, as a matter of fact, people who worked for Facebook were assigned to the Hillary um, campaign headquarters. Uh, this is well known. You've proven it. You've brought this forward. Uh, Aim for Truth has brought forward articles on this again and again and again, and nobody's hearing it. But when you, but when the uh, attack on Trump for using someone to steal Facebook information against <laughs> here in the election turns on them. And now Mark Zuckerberg, as you pointed out, who's who's a stooge, I don't think he ever went to work a single day in his life. I mean, it's absurd, his claims, uh, that he has anything to do with it. I don't really believe he can write code. And he's actually made excuses why he can't wrote, write code any code anymore, though he wrote the greatest code uh, of the digital age. But he doesn't, he, he says publicly, he doesn't know how to write code anymore. Uh, so if you don't know he's a stooge...
1: Had we ever been able to see his hard drives, we would have been able to prove that. And by the way, those hard drives that were lost magically reappeared two days after the Federal Circuit Appeals Court uh, refused to overturn Facebook's win, When and, and then we subsequently found out all three of those judges had massive amounts of Facebook interests. But uh, they appeared in another case, uh, Paul Siglia versus. Mark Zuckerberg case, and there were 29 of them, and then we find out, even worse, they were in the possession of Facebook's appeal attorney, Gibson Dunn. So they were in their possession the entire time, which is another evidence of fraud on the court in our case. So it just, there's so many layers to this fraud.
0: And it goes right up to the White House. Hillary Clinton completely complicit her State Department with the very GSA documents we've brought forward, there are more of them. Go to the timelines. Uh, go to the timeline of evidence. Uh, Americans for Innovation. Uh, listen to the tapes. Um, we've uh, recently, in Truth News headlines and name for Truth. We've posted uh, some conversations that we had with Michael McKibben, who we're speaking to today. And what we're showing you is what we showed you before. It's just that now it's reached the news, and so this is the moment, folks. This is the moment when you can uh, realize that. The full surveillance that's going on you that's going on through Facebook, through Google, through every time you go onto the internet, as well as everything else, your cell phone, everything else, that's coming to an end. And we're the only ones who said this. And myself, Thomas Payne in the ass of the globalists, uh, Michael McKibben, I don't think he says this, I don't know. But uh, I'm quite convinced that it is because Dan Coates, the Office of Director of National Intelligence, has been ordered by Trump, and the time is up, in 30 days to come up with a plan to stop surveilling all Americans immediately. I believe they're taking down these groups and the reason this is coming out now is this is Trump's plan. And it, they're just letting them implode. And that's the reason Trump, Trump is attacking because he found out that even Amazon, they surveil you all the time. That's where the CIA and the NSA and the FBI get their content. They don't have, that's the reason these cloud contracts, the multi-billion dollar cloud contract that was going to go to Amazon is, he's now said he's not going to give it to him, he called an oracle and he's looking at other people, Trump is, why? To break the back of these people who were part of the ripoff that he knows must end and these monopolies must end because the monopolies were created by Obama and they were supported by judges, they were supported by all the insiders, exactly as you said. So Michael, again, the revelations that you pull up for us uh, are just shaking the world these are tsunamis that are hitting people so now the new tsunami folks is yes mark zuckerberg is crooked <laughs> sorry if that's a shock to you and so are all the other silicon valley cutouts that does not include mr eric schmidt who is in a category all by himself which we can address at other points but michael any any closing words for us in terms of how uh, what, what you think is going to happen? I think you predicted it. He's going to be, Mark Zuckerberg's going to be the scapegoat.
1: Well, I hope he's not. I hope he's not the scapegoat. I hope that questions are asked of the real source. Because in any kind of problem solving, you've got to go to the source of the problem. Otherwise, you just put a Band-Aid on it.
0: Well, then they really need to talk to James Chandler, don't they? So they need to get the person in there that can answer the questions of how these things actually came to birth because I don't think Mark knows anything. And I think they kept him in, in the dark just for this day in case they did have to sacrifice one of the boy kings. So yeah, I don't, uh, I don't like any person suffering, Mark or anyone else, but the truth has to come out. And when the truth comes out, you're gonna realize this is a well thought out plan. And it goes back to the IBM Eclipse Foundation and the fact that they consciously target people and they consciously targeted leader technologies and they consciously targeted you and you have so much evidence on this if it would come out yeah, they,
1: and they, they they targeted Zuckerberg as a, a young 19 year old kid exactly so they'll, they'll use anybody
0: exactly that's that, that's really the point isn't it these people who like uh, uh, Brennan Page look at their history folks they had a moment of glory where they're at a stretch, when they're a university. Where was it? Uh, Stanford, I think. Uh, wherever they were at, they they were part of a project. They did some good work, and then they were basically just cardboard cutouts from that point on. And then the big guns come in after that. And so you bring in a Cheryl Sandberg, friend of Larry Summers. You bring in the real people, and they're the ones who know what's going on, not a Mark Zuckerberg. So Michael, again. Right. Thank you so much for your insights. You guys are doing great work. You and all those people you know over there, your shareholders at Leader, uh, Leader Technologies, your friends at Americans for Innovation. And we're just thrilled to be linked with them because you know, you're you and some of those people are some of the smartest people we know, some of the best researchers. So thank you again for schooling me today on the fact that you'd had this stuff up for years and if people would just wake up, they'd really see who Mark Zuckerberg was or is, at who he was, who he is, and from what you've just said, who he might be in the future. So again, Michael, thank you for being with us today. You're welcome.